0: Welcome to the Music Frenzy Podcast. This is John Doan, and this is a really cool episode where I'm honored to bring you an interview I just recently did with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Mr. Don Felder. Uh, Don entered the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998 as part of the Eagles, and he now has his second solo album out called American Rock and Roll. Don called in, and we spoke about the album, which features an incredible cast of musicians from sammy hagar and slash to richie sambora and peter frampton guest drumming on a song is mick fleetwood and chad smith bob weir came in and did background vocals on a song called rock you there's just so much good stuff on this album you can head over to donfeller.com and find out more about how to obtain the album but I'm going to just let this one play. Don touches on a lot of the songs on the album and gives some insight into how the recording happened with a lot of the artists. So it's really, really cool stuff on how Slash came into the studio and uh, how he got Bob Weir onto to the record and, of course, Sammy Hagar. Some really cool stories. So um, the story about Richard Sambora and um, Orente is really, really fun. So once again, we have to thank our sponsors vapewild.com for bringing our interviews to you vapewild.com their products do contain nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical and don't forget vapewild is the place to find Nick salts they have dessert sample packs fruit sample packs and a summer sample pack in addition to all their other incredible flavors the Nick salt dessert sample pack features four 30 mil bottles for 24.99 The Fruit and Summer Nick Salt sample packs each featured three 30ml bottles for only $19.99. So head over to VapeWild.com. VapeWild, they're serious about vaping and not much else. So I will uh, let you listen to this uh, interview. Again, Mr. Don Felder, I appreciate his time. He touches on the album American Rock and Roll. And also his uh, legendary uh, white double neck Les Paul is now on display in New York at the Metropolitan Museum of Art until October 1st as part of the Play It Loud Instruments of Rock and Roll exhibit. So, And it's really cool to listen to how Don feels about having one of his instruments hanging in the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, it's actually really touching. But, so here's our interview with Mr. Don Felder, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, talking about his album American Rock and Roll. Well, guys, I'm honored to welcome back to the show to talk about his latest release, American Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Mr. Don Felder. Don, how's it going today? It's going fantastic. I'm down in a
1: nice hotel in Seattle, Georgia, on the beach. I just got in here at about 6 a.m. this morning. Woke up, uh, I've got one cup of coffee in me, so I have one eye open. I'm waiting to have the other one so I can make complete sentences. But other than
0: that, I'm doing okay. Well, keep the questions easy for you then, okay? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Listen, the last time I spoke to you during the Road to Forever cycle, and I remember our chat about those girls in black. Now, in American rock and roll, you sing about a dirty girl who looks so fine, and then, of course, your little Latin lover. I mean, they all sound amazing to me, Don. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you
1: know, a lot of those, the little Latin lover actually came from a trip I took down to Buenos Aires. And a friend of mine that I went with was dating a tango instructor who was absolutely beautiful down there. She took us out to a tango co-op, which I had never been to a tango club. And around the tango clubs in Buenos Aires, they have these tables that are arranged in a big oval. It's almost like a roller skating rink or something. But uh, the dance floor is just filled with beautiful couples sexually, erotically dancing in this slow, left turn spiral all the way around this dance floor and wow so it, I was looking at this going this is a song this is like art in motion this is beautiful I have to write a song about this and so I wrote a song about watching his uh, girlfriend he was dating at the time this beautiful tango instructor dancing around on the floor and uh, out came a little Latin lover
0: the uh, lyrics bring that to life for sure
1: uh, that Actual vision that I saw and the words that poured out of me uh, seemed to work in some sort of combination to translate and convey that, that idea.
0: Sure, sure. You know what's incredible to me, Don, is that with uh, American rock and roll, not only do I get another solid work from you, but I mean the peers that you enlisted this time around to help you out is just eye popping. Well,
1: what happened was back on my last record, Road to Forever. I played all the guitars on it myself. I just, for some reason, wanted to prove that I could arrange everything, write everything, sing everything. Uh, I think Steve Lukather came in and played on the title track to Forever, and that was it. Uh, I played all the electric guitars, slide guitar, a pissy guitar, mandolin, zither, dulcimer if it had strings on I it <laughs> yeah but this, ta- this time around i really wanted to do something different I-, I wanted to have that kind of spontaneous excitement that happens when two people are sitting in a room and I- start playing together making up parts like the uh, song rocky with me and joe satriani we had no idea what we were going to do when we sat down in the same room And I staked out some area for me, and staked out something for him, and we wrote some harmonies together. And we just went at it. And when Joe Satriani is an incredible, just uniquely wildly technically proficient guitar player, and when he plays stuff. To follow that, you have to really dig deep. You've got to come up with some some really good uh, guitar licks. You can't just fall back on your old cliché stuff. And so it was fun being pushed and pushed, and me pushing him, and him pushing me. And the same thing with uh, uh, Orianti and uh, Robert, uh, Sambora, Richie Sambora. Uh, when we were all three together, it was like okay he's got the hottest lick. all right i can top that i can do that so, and it was just fun and exciting you can't do that by yourself you know when you're you can simulate that in the studio by yourself but you just don't it doesn't have that same and kind it of doesn't come off that way so i really wanted to invite a bunch of people in on this record for that reason for fun And excitement, as well as I used the same uh, rhythm section, bass and drums, on every track on *Road to Forever. And as I listened to it, it started sounding song after song after song after song the same. And I really, although the songs were wildly different, I wanted this record to sound wildly different from track to track to track. So I used uh, different drummers, different bass players, uh, just Trying to get a different sound, David Page plays this piano on it with me for uh, Hearts on Fire. He's got this like greasy R&B, just beautifully cool piano parts. Uh, you know things that that I wanted to have different flavors on this record. So that's why I hired all these different people.
0: So now on Rock You during the outro, it's it's you and Joe Satriani trading licks.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, uh,
0: wow, nice.
1: I wrote that song thinking that I remember being on stage in 74, 75 in Wembley Stadium in London when the Eagles were on a show with Elton John headlining. And there was like 110,000 people at this event, massive event. And I kept thinking I wanted to write a song that would go for that kind of event, like a big stadium anthem. So I wrote the track, and then I thought, well, it'd be great to do a duet. I've never done a duet with anybody, and I'd like to do a duet, but not like a ballad, romantic, female duet, like a rocking duet. So who could I get to sing a duet with me on Rock You? And I kept thinking and thinking and thinking, and wow, Sammy popped into my mind. He's got that perfect, like rough, raspy, rock and roll Boys. So I called him up and he said, yeah, sure, come on up to my studio. So I hopped on a plane in L.A. and flew up to uh, Sausalito. And we're, uh, an hour later, we've got a microphone set up. He's on his verses, I've said my verses. We're just having fun telling jokes, and that's a good time. We managed to get Satriani into the control room with the guitar, and I set up the guitar. and the two of us sat there and just made that stuff up, you know, uh, and had a ball doing it, playing off each other, writing those little harmony parts together, trading off solos, and about the time we finished that, uh, Bob Weir came walking down the hallway has a studio about, I don't know, two or three blocks from Sammy's studio, and when there's nothing going on in Bob's studio, he likes to come over to Sammy's studio and steal a free cup of coffee and, uh, here's some jokes. So I see Bob walking in, I'm like, Bob, you got to sing on this track. So we walk him out to the microphone, I think he sings five or six tracks of, Uh, so just, things just sort of came together in an unpredictable way there at that particular time. So, came out great. I
0: never met Sammy or spoke to him. I mean maybe you can give him my number and we could do so, but um, he seems just such a like such a fun guy to hang around with, right?
1: He is. He is just smiling. Uh, I've never seen him in a bad mood. I've never seen him irritable. He's always smiling, laughing, enjoying every minute of his life. And I wish I had that same enthusiasm constantly that he has
0: that's amazing uh let's talk about the title track obviously american rock and roll features uh, slash and mick fleetwood and chad smith on drums um so like you write the song and save yourself hmm let's see who i can call (laughs) well
1: you know yeah let me tell you a little bit about that song first is i was at woodstock in 1969 it was uh you know the 400,000 people soaking wet, covered with mud, free love, flower power, all of that stuff. So the, the outcome of that was probably the largest rock and roll nuclear explosion in history. It, it propelled worldwide uh, rock and roll to another level. Uh, I saw Hendrix, I saw Santana, I saw Janis Joplin, I saw The Grateful Dead, everybody that was there was just mind-blowing and so for me that was really the beginning of what most people know as rock and roll today sure obviously before that there was elvis and you know those earlier people in the 50s bill haley in the Comets. just but i think for today's living audience the woodstock would be the beginning point of modern rock and roll So I wanted to write a song that went through the decades, kind of like a rockumentary, musical rockumentary, that went through the decades and um, kind of made made note of all the people that had not only been so heavily influenced by Woodstock, but all the legendary musicians and their music going forward. So I, I... I would have liked to have written more verses, but then the song would have been 10 or 12 minutes long to get everybody in all the decades, (laughs) uh, between Woodstock and now. Uh, But I did, I thought, note a lot of people in each verse that had been highly influential in in the advent and development and carrying the torch of rock and roll from uh, decade to decade to decade. I wanted it to sound like the 70s or early 60s, 60s, early 70s when it started. And Mick Fleetwood, when he plays drum, that's just what he sounds. Everybody, he's got that feel, he's got the pocket of just tone, that's Mick. So I got Mick to start playing on the track and then about halfway through, Chad Smith comes in playing and Chad plays unbelievably hard. Yeah, Like the more modern drummers, like the Foo Fighters and the Chili Peppers and that just more aggressive energy. So the trap kind of migrates musically from the first verse through to the end uh, just by that shift in drum track and the aggressive growth in there, which is really what happened in rock and roll. I tried to make it musically happen in a four-minute song. I'm sitting there and I've written this next to the last verse about Guns N' Roses and Slash, and I'm thinking, God, Slash lived great right down the street for me. Maybe I can get him to come by and just sit in and play a couple of licks in that verse. So we reach out to Slash. He comes by with a guitar, plugs into one of my Marshall amps, and he says, well, what do you want me to do? I said, well, whatever you want. He says, well, start it at the top and just push record. I go, oh, okay. So we do that three or four times and just let him sit there and play. Just wow. having a ball, watching this guy do his thing. He leaves after about an hour, big hug, got lots of thanks. Oh, you bro. that sort of stuff. And uh, after he leaves, uh, we sit down and edit what he played pulling out what we thought were the best licks in the right places and so forth and so on, and also carving out some places
0: for me to play. I mean, it's nice to have a guest artist who can come in and play everything, but yeah. <laughs> we, we had to make room for myself. So we edited it
1: and then put me in, and uh, it, it turned out great the, the way his energy was perfect casting for that song. That was the, the key, was selecting the right musician to play on the right track like Peter Frampton plays on this song the way things have to be and uh, Peter and I toured and I think we did 12 or 15 shows together 4 or 5 years back uh, for Frampton's Guitar Circus and uh, he has this tone when he plays the Les Paul into a Leslie it just sounds ethereal it's just beautiful it's angelic And the whole time I was writing this song on piano, the way things have to be, I kept hearing that tone. So I called him, up and said, hey, Peter, would you mind playing on a track? Yeah, sure, come on. So I jumped on a plane and flew to Nashville, went to a studio, and literally two hours later, he knew the exact tone that I was looking for. Wow! wound up singing harmony uh, on the choruses with me. And it was the perfect perfect choice of tone and timber and style for that track. Slash wouldn't have worked on that track. Nor would Peter have worked so well on American Rock and Roll.
0: That you? makes sense, yeah. Uh, it's just different. So every one of these people
1: were chosen from Steve Gag to Jim Keltner to, uh, like you said, uh, Mick Fleetwood and uh, all the different drummers were chosen for their particular style uh, you know Todd Sickerman for Sticks plays on this and he's an unbelievable drummer for years we've been playing together either on headline shows or we do a, a, a residency in Las Vegas and I said I've got to get Todd on a record i got to get Todd on a record and he's as soon as he heard I was making okay what track am I on, send me the track i got to play on, let me know so Todd just did this incredible job uh, she just doesn't get it, and uh, uh, it was—but it was the right choice. Like there's a song on here called "Limelight," and it was kind of a bluesy shuffle. It's on there, a hard shuffle. And I kept thinking, who am I going to get to play on that track with me? So I saw the sambora, called him up, went over to his house. He has the studio set up in his kitchen. Uh, I've made records in a lot of places, but never in a kitchen before. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was great. Uh, you could just reach over and grab the coffee pot and refill all your cup without ever going down the road. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, anyway, we uh, so we're playing along, and I turn around and look, and come down the stairs is walking Oriente and I've known Oriante since she moved here from Australia okay. great player
0: unbelievably talented Yeah.
1: so I said oh, you have to get a guitar you gotta come over here like 11 in the morning she's just waking up she's got on flip flops cut off shorts a t-shirt and a baseball hat pulled down over her head Oriante oh, go get a guitar said, she comes over and starts playing the three of us she just absolutely smoked both of us. She is so unbelievably <laughs> yeah.
0: good. I I think she should be noted as maybe the best female guitarist uh, in history. So just far, so talented. I don't know if you
1: saw any of her stuff with Michael Jackson. That oh yeah, it to her, she's just phenomenal, and she's working on a new record right now. So it was an honor to have her play on, on on my record. So anyway, it, yeah, I didn't even know she was there, I just, I had forgotten that she and uh, Richie were together as a couple, that was two years ago or something. She just walks right into my session and it's
0: like, okay, you're playing on my record. Don, <laughs> <laughs> before I let you go, can you talk to me about the Play It Loud Instruments for, of Rock and Roll exhibit? Your double neck is there, so many great performances you've led with that guitar. Um, tell me about that exhibit there.
1: Well, it starts back in 1968 when I moved from Gainesville, Florida to New York City. With a guitar in one hand, a suitcase in the other, and about $200 in my pocket. Uh, I wound up living there for a couple of years, but the very first thing I did when I got to that was the next day I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I had heard so much about it, but I'd never seen it. And I spent the entire day at the Met in awe of artwork that went back four or five thousand years into Egyptian art. And then through all the Italian classics and the development of pottery and fabrics and painting and sculpture, Just, I just couldn't get enough of it. I was in absolute awe that particular place. Fast forward about five years ago, I'm doing a show in New York City with Steve Miller at the Beacon Theater. Uh, and at the end of my show, I always play the last song as Hotel California. <clears throat> now, my guitar tech always walks out on stage carrying that guitar, that white double neck guitar, and the audience is all up on their feet at the end of the show anyway. They see that guitar, and they all just scream, Yeah! (laughs) They know know what's coming. They recognize the guitar. Now, the curator of the Metropolitan Museum of Art is sitting in the audience. Just went to a show to see a show. He sees that happen and goes, Wait a minute. There's a connection between the instrument and the audience and the song. Not just the artist, but the instrument and the audience in the song. So the following week, he calls up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and explains to them that he has an idea for an exhibit at the Metropolitan Art in New York City featuring the most influential guitars in the history of rock music. So they start pulling instruments out for consideration and going back into the 50s for... Uh, the earliest uh, kind of rock and roll guitars going on Elvis uh, guitar, Air Hey Brothers guitar uh, gosh who else is there? Clapton's Blackie's guitar Ben Halen's got a guitar in there Jimmy Page has a couple of guitars his double neck and his six string and so they asked me if they could put my guitar in the exhibit and I went absolutely True sure. so, when when that happened, it dawned on me that in '68, this is '2019. That's what is that? 51 years later. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Not only am I starving on the streets of New York, but now I'm hanging at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I, I have it's unreal. Received every kind of accolade you can imagine in the music business, for Grammys. Gold records and platinum records and diamond awards and the biggest selling our album of the 20th century. But that particular moment struck me as the highest rung on my personal ladder uh, in my career. Was being a Grammy winner. I
0: like museum of art. Uh, that's so amazing and congratulations. I have to get up there to see it before. I think it closes in October, I believe. So I have to get up there and check it out. Yeah, but
1: They're gonna move it to uh, back to Cleveland. I think after October, I think it'll be there on display for another six months. So, and then they'll put my guitar
0: back in the uh, Eagles display. I got you. We'll have to get up there, Don. Again, I appreciate your time. Uh, American Rock and Roll is out now. Pick it up, and uh, I appreciate your time today. You enjoy your weekend, Don.
1: I had a great time. Let's do it again.
0: I appreciate you guys tuning in. DonFeller.com is where you can find out more information about Don. Uh, our website is MusicFrenzy.net. You can head over to Instagram and Twitter and follow us at MusicFrenzy_net underscore net and on Facebook at MusicFrenzyNet. Thank you.